This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Hello and welcome to Maddox on the Mic. You're listening to Season 2 of Watchdog where we'll be discussing the ACCC's leading cases for 2022 and considering how well they've performed against their 2023 enforcement priorities. My name is Sean Temby. I'm a partner in the Dispute Resolution and Litigation team at Maddox, and I'm also editor of our annual publication, the ACCC Year in Review. Joining me today for our episode on consumer protection and scams is Maddox Special Counsel Christopher Marsh. Chris specialises in competition and consumer law advice and litigation and advising clients on general contractual and commercial disputes. He has acted both for and against the ACCC in matters concerning cartel conduct, misuse of market power and various breaches of the Australian consumer law. Chris and I have also had the pleasure of working together for many years on a number of matters, including most recently on a very significant piece of litigation for Mercedes-Benz. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Good to be here. So uh, consumer protection, we've recently, and, and when I say recently, very recently, end of October, we have seen some significant changes to the Australian consumer law. Are you able to tell us a little bit about those, Chris? Yeah, so the, the biggest news is the most recent news, I think. Um, and the news is that uh, companies that breach the Competition and Consumer Act could face new, much higher penalties under new changes that passed both Houses of Parliament just last week as we record this. There's probably two big parts to this. The first is the introduction of penalties and other changes relating to unfair contract terms. And the second being significant increases in maximum penalties for breaches of certain provisions of the Competition and Consumer Act. Uh, Importantly, businesses have 12 months to get their house in order until these new penalties come in. Um, The uh, penalties will come into effect the day after 12 months have passed from the date on which the bill gets royal assent, and that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that 12 months is going to be important because these are these are pretty significant changes, aren't they? Yeah, so you might recall under the, the former penalties, the maximum penalty was $10 million or three times the benefit of, or 10% of relevant turnover. Um, so what we've got under the new regime is the greater of $50 million or three times the value derived from the relevant breach or if the court can't determine that, then 30% of the company's annual turnover. So this is a significant increase. Yeah, I mean, it's generally um, the case that the court, uh, you know, turns to what was the $10 million threshold and then use that as a multiple and then applies the totality principle. Uh, you know, so that this jump from $10 million for each breach to $50 million is going to be significant. And it's interesting because Rod Sims, um, before he left you know, in the last few years, he was the champion for much more significant, uh, you know, much higher consumer law penalties. And we really started to see that, you know, tens of millions, 100 million in, in the case of VW. I mean, it just blows my mind as to what size penalties we could be looking at in, a, you know, say, a Volkswagen type case when the penalties per breach is 50 million. Agreed. And there's, you, you just think of the the, uh, the penalties that have been handed down recently, and we'll come to these. Significant penalties are like the one for Trivago, 
but as we'll I think we'll chat about later, much more scope for significantly higher penalties than even the $44 million that Travago was handed. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the courts adjust to the new regime and how they apply it, because I think they're only just starting to get their head around um, these significant increases in penalties over the last few years. All right, so what provisions of the Australian consumer law do these new penalties apply to? So it applies to a range of offences and civil penalty provisions under the ACL. The, the standard ones, the ones that first come to mind, unconscionable conduct, false or misleading representations, but also supplying products that don't comply with safety standards, and also under the competition laws as well, cartel offences, um, news media and digital mandatory bargaining code provisions, the list goes on. So it, it's wide ranging, uh, has wide ranging application. So these changes aren't just consumer law based, they also apply to cartels? That's correct. Okay, interesting. I have missed that detail. So that's great. Um, and what about unfair contract terms? Because I know they were also part of these changes. Will the, will the penalties apply, these new $50 million penalties apply to unfair contract terms? Yes. Uh, and this is the big one as well. This is the second part of what I was chatting about at the top. Obviously, before these um, provisions got through both Houses of Parliament, the situation was the court could declare unfair con uh, specific terms of contracts to be unfair and void, but the terms themselves weren't prohibited and the court couldn't impose any penalties on companies for including those terms in their standard form contracts. Now the game has changed and this has been the subject of significant lobbying by the ACCC for many years to try and um, get a provision to this effect into the ACL. It's finally happened. And this, like I said, this is a game changer. So an introduction of a penalty for the inclusion of unfair contract terms in a standard form contract, it just means that, as I said at the top, businesses now have 12 months to really maybe take a second look at their standard form contracts. And while they might've been willing to run the risk of a certain term being void and not enforceable um, and including that their standard form contract previously, now that there's a potential penalty involved, might yeah. require everything. Well, I mean, and that's the argument the ACCC ran, of course, in order to get these uh, the penalties through. Of course, at the time they were talking about $10 million penalties, not $50 million penalties. That was a little sleight of hand, I think. But, um, you know, they were saying that we just haven't seen the changes um, in standard form um, contracts that we expected to see, because there isn't any real um, incentive for business to businesses to make that change. And I mean, I have some sympathy, some sympathy for that point of view, because we've seen plenty of clients, but when you talk to them about it, they really haven't turned their mind to the sort of wholesale changes that are necessary. In franchising, slightly different story, but in other situations, um, yeah, I, you know, I can understand why the ACCC have been annoyed about that. Having said that, it's fascinating to me that this very uncertain notion of fairness, you know, that is tied to unfair contract terms. You know, something that is really difficult necessarily to understand is potentially going to be subject to penalties of $50 million per term. So Fujifilm recently was prosecuted and um, they had, um, I think, 38 um, clauses of a variety of contracts in a variety of settings, each of which technically could be subject to a $50 million penalty, which is $1.9 billion in fines. I mean, it's astounding. I mean, of course, there'll be the totality principle involved and all sure. that kind of thing. But 
when you compare it to some fairly egregious instances of unconscionable conduct and false and misleading representations, it really does seem like there's a bit of an imbalance there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the ACCC apply these new powers because they've been calling on them for some time. Who are they going to make an example of? I mean, God, you don't want it to be you, right? Yeah. All right anyway, let's move on. We um, In our uh, ACCC year in review, we predicted that the ACCC in the consumer law space would be focused on advertising and marketing in the digital economy. Have we seen as much activity in that space as we expected? Possibly more. I think that um, yeah. at the start of the year when the ACCC released its enforcement priorities, it became clear that the ACCC was going to be focused on certain manipulative tactics used on digital platforms to try and exploit or pressure consumers. And in the first half of 2022, or as we approach the end of it, there's been several instances, there's been several new proceedings commenced and a judgment obtained against Travago as well. Um, in this kind of online marketplace space. And we've seen some big names, you know, we've seen uh, Meta, so the, the company that everybody still knows as Facebook, uh, SSA Trivago, Uber, Airbnb Inc uh, and Airbnb Island. I mean, these are big name brands. These are global brands. Yeah. Well. These aren't Australia, just Australian based. Talk about the ACCC's classic strategy of taking some high profile targets in order to drive change through the sector. What about, the, t tell me about the issues in dispute in the Meta action. Yes, yeah, so the ACCC commenced proceedings against Meta earlier this year, and these have to do with some advertisements on Facebook which promote scam cryptocurrency and money-making initiatives. Our listeners might have even seen some themselves. The ads featured yeah. fake quotes from some prominent public figures, including David Koch and Dick Smith and Andrew Forrest which purported to endorse and encourage users to provide personal details that then would be used by scammers. Right. And that's by way of a link which took Facebook users to a fake media article that included quotes from those public figures I just mentioned. Right, so, okay. It, the ACCC estimates that the scam caused $99 million in losses. Oh my God. Which is... Significant. Significant, right? Significant, yeah. right? And even more importantly, the ACCC says that Meta was aware of the scam that it got a significant amount of uh, complaints from the public and it didn't take sufficient action to stop these misleading advertisements. Yeah. So the essence of the ACCC's case, ACCC's case is really that Meta was responsible for these ads and it didn't do much to prevent them. Yeah, I can see that because the, the primary argument of these platforms is we're merely a platform in which other people make these representations. And that was the argument that Google advanced back in 2013. Yes. It was a mere conduit. Um, but uh, the change is, I think, um, if you have people like David Koch and, and Andrew Forrest and Dick Smith writing to and making contact with um, with Meta, with Facebook, and saying, I have not endorsed these, you're still allowing these to, um, ads to appear on your, you know, on your, on your platform, it kind of switches them um, from just being a mere passive conduit into being a knowing participant in the misleading and deceptive conduct. So I can understand how the ACCC are, are taking action. Especially on the basis that it sounds like there's evidence that these complaints were received in the ACCC yeah. and Meta was well aware that this was going on and in the, in the ACCC's view didn't take adequate steps to stop it. Yeah, I can see uh, why, the, why the ACCC would be concerned about that. All right, now you've mentioned Trivago a couple of times. Um, give us an update on what's happened in those proceedings. So this is a big one. It dates back to 2018, and there's been a couple of appeals, but 
in effect, what we have now is a $44.7 million penalty against Provago, which is significant. And that's under the old regime. So. It is. So casting our minds back to 2018, the ACCC commenced proceedings against Travago. And really, it was uh, in relation to the representation that Travago makes it easy for you to find the ideal hotel for the best price. Yeah, not true, apparently. Not true. <laughs> because what uh, emerged in the case was that Travago's algorithm priority listed advertisers who were paying the highest cost per click mm. amount to Travago rather than displaying the best price for the room, which is yeah. what you go on yeah. to, to do. Yeah. There was also the issue of strike-through comparisons, which were misleading as well. So where the price of a luxury room was struck through when the price of a standard room was displayed. So we didn't get an apples with apples comparison um, for the pricing as well. So there's been an appeal, unsuccessful, and what we have now is a $44.7 million penalty for misleading conduct. Now, 44.7, that sounds like a lot, right? Yeah. Does sound like a lot. But I think Travago admitted that it received approximately $58 million in cost per click fees from these types of offers. In those circumstances, <laughs> do we feel that $44.7 million as a fine is high enough? Or is this just this cost of doing business that, you know, Rod Sims was famously quoted on several years ago? They've still made a $14 million profit on this. Well, there's some legal costs that um, might be factored in, but yeah. they've still come out on top. Because the ACCC wanted $90 million, yes. and the judge threw that out as being, you know, outrageously too high, etc. I just, I, I've got to say, I have some sympathy for the ACCC's position on this. I do as well. Yeah. And if this was conducted under the new regime, then I think the, I think it'd be different. It blows my mind to think how big that penalty could be. Yep. All right, what about Uber? What's been happening there? So we have new proceedings commenced against Uber earlier this year by the ACCC, really on two bases. One is about the cancellation warning that I'm sure we've all seen as we've used yeah. Uber. There's a warning that comes up that you might be charged a fee for cancelling a ride. Uber actually has a policy that if you cancel within five minutes of ordering, you aren't charged. Is so it was 10. I've got five minutes. But... Okay. Well, see, that's the problem, right? So you're getting these warnings. It's a little uncertain. And I guess they're exploiting that understanding on part of consumers, not wanting to get charged the cancellation fee. And then I guess it's it's gaming people to go back into the rideshare platform and maintain their, their existing booking. That's yep. the problem, right? Second part of this was the Uber taxi option, which uh, was a... I guess, a representation within the app as to what the fare would cost you if you were to book a taxi for the same fare. Now, the evidence, according to the ACCC, is that that would always be lower, and the algorithm used to calculate the estimated fare range um, was always that the taxi fare would be higher. So you were right. incentivized to choose the Uber. Go fare. back into an Uber driver. Exactly. Okay. So Uber's admitted to breaching the ACL. Yeah. And there's been a joint submission to the federal court for a $26 million penalty. Yeah. Interestingly, there's already been a comment from the judge that to the effect that $26 million might be too high. Yeah. So in circumstances where 2 million Australian consumers would have received or would have seen these representations, I don't think $26 million is too high. I don't either. When you, look at it, when you look at the scale, you know, the number of consumers impacted, how central Uber is now to everyone's, you know, day-to-day -day existence, 
Um, yeah, I, I have some sympathy here for um, for a $26 million penalty being maybe too low, but all right, so that's uh, Uber. And then we've also, right at the outset, we talked about Airbnb. Let's quickly talk about that. So quick, uh, quick description of Airbnb. We've got new proceedings commenced against them in the federal court as well. These relate to displaying of prices on the Airbnb site for Australian accommodation in US dollars without a clear indication that that was the currency being offered. Um, during the period the ACCC looked at, the average Australian dollar to US dollar exchange rate was one Australian dollar for every 72 US cents. So extrapolate that out, that means consumers were paying about 30% more for accommodation than the advertised price. Wow, okay, that's significant. So the ACCC is seeking a penalty but also compensation for the consumers who forked out much more than they should have. Fair enough. So there's been a lot of focus on this area. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that drives any changes, of course, but you know, they've gone after some of the big names. And we've also got the digital um, platforms inquiry. Um, I know that everybody's kind of waiting. We're expecting that to be published before Christmas. There's going to be some significant recommendations, I think, around um, uh, the uh, regulation of some of the online platforms. So it'd be interesting to see whether they touch on any of these issues. And the other thing, I don't know whether you saw this, but the outgoing deputy chair of the ACCC just this week renewed the calls for regulations prohibiting unfair practices. Now we've written a number of times some articles on this, and it's you know the the ACCC continues to to bang the drum for looking for changes on these dark practices or unfair practices. So this, you know, we've seen a lot of activity, but we're uh, we're nowhere near finished in this space, are we? Absolutely not. So we've got the Digital Regulators Forum, which the ACCC is now a member of, and you've got to suspect that the ACCC will keep trying to bring down, as you said, one of these big names until it gets a couple more scalps. Yeah, consistent with its usual strategy. All right, um, that's probably enough on, on tech and on consumer protection. Some of the other things that we were focused on in the ACCC year in review, one of the other big issues was on um, environmental and sustainability claims. That was going to be a major focus for the ACCC. And we have seen some recent announcements in that space with a focus on greenwashing, haven't we? Yeah, so not a whole lot of activity in the first part of the year, but the ACCC looking like it wants to make up for that with a couple of big internet sweeps, it's calling them, <laughs> to identify misleading environmental and sustainability claims. So the ACCC announced in early October that it was going to begin conducting two broad sweeps right. um, as part of its compliance and enforcement priorities. The first one was a sweep for environmental claims right. across a range of sectors, energy and vehicles and household products. And they said they're going to look at 200 company websites for those. Okay. That's part one. Presumably the ASX 200. You would assume so, yeah. in line with the strategy we've just mentioned. Yeah. And the second one is a separate internet sweep of about 100 businesses targeting fake or misleading online reviews and testimonials. Not clear to me if that's sitting under the, the greenwashing sustainability umbrella yeah. or if it's something a little bit separate. We'll have to wait and see on that, I think. I can see the ACCC um, firing out those um, substantiation notices yes. in connection with what they find from those sweeps. So. 200 businesses, substantiation notices, there'd be a whole lot of work 
you know, we're really not seeing any prosecutions in this space this year. It's going to be a big, have to be a big focus next year. I think if uh, we put out, you know, we look into the crystal ball, we're going to see environmental and yeah. sustainability claims in the ACCC's priorities for the next year or two at least. Well, and because they're doing this in conjunction with ASIC as well, and ASIC issued its first infringement notices in this space last week. Um, fines in the vicinity of around $56,000, I think. Obviously, financial services, superannuation, et cetera, that space, that's the because the jurisdictional issues, but be, um, it's obviously an area of high priority for both regulators. So um, definitely watch this space for significant activity next year. All right, um, I, we, we're meant to also talk about scams. <laughs> we're probably right at the end of the lot of time. But um, before we wrap up, can you give us a quick update on, um, on the ACCC's ongoing activities to monitor scams and what we've seen this year? Well, as we record, it's Scam Awareness Week 2022. Good timing. So there we go. Um, and the ACCC Scam Watch is continuing its its role in monitoring um, different scams to in order to protect consumers. The ACCC, in conjunction with Scam Awareness Week, has released some updated statistics for the first three quarters of 2022. And that's that its scam watch has received over 166,000 reports. Wow. With $425 billion in total losses this year alone. Wow, They're that's the headline significant. Figures. Yeah, yeah, wow. So perhaps that's all we need to say on it. But obviously, given uh, the ACCC's focus on digital platforms and the fact that most of these scams come by way of email and phone and uh, online shopping scams. So yeah. There's going to be a lot more work for the ACCC to do in this area. Yeah. Well, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, yeah. Is it going to get better? I don't know. But it's obviously, it's an enduring priority for them, given the, you know, it's frequently vulnerable consumers who are impacted, the elderly in particular, I'm thinking of my parents here, um, you know, they're definitely, it's, it's going to be an area of ongoing activity for the and commission. The really concerning one is the new text message scam with the, the high mum. Yeah which I don't know if any of our listeners have received, but they, they tend to make the rounds on social media as well when, when people get them and accurately identify them as scams. But that's, yeah, it's a worry. All right, well, thank you very much, Chris. That was absolutely fascinating. And thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to myself or Chris. Our contact details are in the show notes. We also hope you can join us for our next episode in series two of our Watchdog podcast series. If you like the episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the Mic. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, maddox.com.au.